It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squires and I am the Director of Mentorship for Worship Leader. Uh, today's conversation is something we do online once a month called the Mentor Coffee Chat. And it is a group of mentors that you guys can ask questions to in a live setting. And this is the recording from that that we did um, earlier this month. Uh, you may or may not know that we offer um, we offer one-on-one -on -one coaching where you can sign up to actually be coached by one of our mentors. Uh, and before you think, wow, that sounds really expensive, make sure to check it out at worshipleader.com. We try and keep our cost to a place where it is accessible and um, you are able to come and ask your questions and be resourced and know that you have somebody in your court. So uh, this is the Mentor Coffee Chat. Uh, welcome to uh, the next Mentor Coffee Chat. I am uh, I'm Jason Squires, the Director of Mentorship with Worship Leader, and uh, I we're excited about today, and I hope you guys are as well. Uh, we have a team of mentors. Why don't we take a little bit and introduce ourselves? Michael, why don't you start, start us off? Thank you, Jason. Hey, my name is Michael Bond. I'm married, three kids. I've been blessed to lead worship at, uh, at the same church in a community in Oregon called River Valley Church for almost 20 years now. I'm so honored to serve here. Uh, I'm sold out to the local church and ministry in the local church. Love to lead worship, love to raise up worship leaders. I'm blessed to uh, write songs and record them. And um, it's fun to also go out and, and be a part of equipping, teaching, raising up others in the conference setting and other environments. So Really fun to be here. Love these chats. Here we go. Love it. Love it. Tim, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, Jason. My name is Tim Feeder. I'm from South Africa, Cape Town. Uh, my wife and I have been involved in ministry uh, for, wow, I think most of our married life. You know, And we, we're 17 years um, married this year. Um, we're currently heading up a church, leading a church in Cape Town. Um, before we, in fact, just before COVID, we took the leadership of the church, and uh, that's been very exciting, very, very uh, adventurous. Um, before we took that, we've been um, working with Dan McCullum uh, with Sounds of the Nations for about 10 years, uh, just doing worship training all over in Africa, mainly Southern Africa. So thank you, Jason. It's, it's really good to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead, Megan. Hi, I'm Megan. I am a worship leader, a songwriter, and I love getting to be with other worship leaders. I love getting to mentor new worship leaders. It is one of the best things uh, I get to do with my life as well as, but first and foremost, be a mother and a follower of Jesus and a wife, right? Those Amen. are the most important. But then after that, it's getting to uh, just 
of the kingdom of God and be part of the kingdom of God and mentoring and discipling people. And I'm sorry for any Starbucks noise you may hear. I'm I love it. Starbucks. I love this. Please excuse Pe it. People always ask if these are really live and I'm like, Megan's in Starbucks, Tim's in South Africa, I'm in California, like we're all over the place. Like we're, all, there's, 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 there's a lot going on here, which is great. Like literally as live as you can be. We as live that. as you can, that's exactly right, exactly right. <laughs> Joe, go ahead. Hey guys, I'm Joe Hornis. Uh, I was the worship director at a huge mega church in the Chicago area for 20 some years. And then I've also had a couple runs at doing startup churches where we've started from nothing and tried to build creative arts ministries and worship leading from from that so these days as as michael said my heart and passion is in developing and training up worship leaders and worship ministries to do this more authentically and in a deeper way and so uh, i am just launching a new ministry called engaging the heart that i've done a version of it but we're moving online to do coaching and training for worship leaders so at some point if you need help we can talk about that too Fabulous. Fabulous. This is, uh, we're excited about today, um, this conversation, um, this, this conversation today. Uh, and if you are joining us online, uh, thanks for, thanks for uh, checking this out today. Uh, let us know where you're coming in from and let us know where you're, where you're tuning in from. We'd love to always hear where that's coming from. Uh, and, and if you're joining us on our podcast today, uh, thanks for hanging out with us as well. Um, today is, uh, our conversation is on self-care in ministry. Uh, it's on, uh, balancing family and ministry, like what all of these things that, uh, come with, uh, come with being a human and <laughs> come with being, uh, a person in, uh, in, in, in this, in this role. And, uh, I want to start, uh, let's start with you, Michael. Um, I want to start with you and just ask this question, like, what is, um, to you, what is, when you hear the word self-care, like, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Wow. Me first, huh? I did that on purpose. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Just then we can build up from there. Yeah, right. We'll start with Michael and then. Oh, man, that's the truth. You know, this is this has been a hard area for me, Jason, my whole life. Um, because I think in society and in a lot of our families growing up, we don't tend to value those who rest. We tend to lift up those that are chaotically busy and it seems like it just gets worse and worse perpetually as the years go by so for me i grew up in a family with a lot of hard workers a dad who didn't ever really rest he worked a couple different jobs and he would just always work so this has been i would say probably it's been stronghold level issue for me where i've just honestly been god's been calling me on it in the last year um, getting my attention really so I, I am, I'm not, I say it, I, I haven't experienced massive amounts of victory in my life until probably the last six to eight months as I've been just practicing by faith, Sabbath and rest and making that a priority because the Lord got my attention at the, to the level that he told me, like, Michael, you're being disobedient because, mm -hmm. you know, especially any type of ministry, you can always justify, I have to do more. Yep. I have to do more. And, you know, the Lord finally got my attention very loudly. So I'm in the process with all you guys and everyone who's listening of trying to learn how to take care of me, realizing that I can't really can't take care of myself 
Um, I can't take care of my family. I can't serve well if I'm just a, you know, a, you know how like how awful it is when your cell phone's like under 10%. You're like, oh no. You know, I think we live that way. We live yes. at 10%. Our battery's almost done all the time. And um, I'm heading to a new place where I don't live that way. So mm -hmm. it's been good. So initial thoughts probably not what you're looking for but it's where i'm at you know yeah saying? no that's where great I'm no at. i i want to i would kind of piggyback off of that i i i mean you and i have talked off offline about this in the last couple of weeks about how it's just um i'm not there like i mean this is i want everybody that's listening to realize just because we're the ones talking about this doesn't mean we've knocked it out of the park like this is not we're not i'm not i don't uh, i don't do that well i don't take care of myself it's it's one of those things where you go you think you'd think like putting your feet up and doing nothing would be easy and um, like it would just to like rest and take time off and um you know but it's it's not it's not an easy task when we're balancing balancing everything uh tim what are your what, what are your thoughts on like self-care and the church and ministry and kind of uh, starting off with that yeah um you know i think i can i can definitely identify with michael um the last, in fact, the last year, it's also been very much like just, in, you know, looking introspective, looking at where I'm at, um, where my family's at, my wife and I, our relationship. And um, I've been, it's funny, you know, because I've been doing the studies. Um, I think everybody's, you know, with all the lockdowns we've had, kind of just been looking at how can we improve uh, ourselves, how can we improve our ministries and you know, and um, and one of the things we've been looking at um, with one of the courses I've done is just uh, the disciplines of Jesus, and um, it's actually amazing because I'm I'm kind of I'm quite a creative. I love I'm sitting in the studio at the moment. I love music. I love that's my go-to place, particularly if I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed with ministry and things. Um, but then, you know, when, I, when we were looking at the disciplines of Jesus, I realized there were certain things that Jesus did that was quite, um, it was quite a, a, a lifestyle, you know. Um, and solitude is one of the things. Withdrawing from the crowds, you know, uh, which is very difficult for me. And, um, and so I, I actually started taking this journey of, trying to apply those disciplines one of the things was celebration which i found was quite also hard you know like just celebrating life celebrating your family celebrating the fact that you're alive the yeah. fact that we, we can breathe you know um so so it's really it's still a journey it's something i'm working really hard at you know but if i look back at the last we've been in ministry like i said since we got married um if i look back i think I feel a lot more alive now, strange enough, in the last two years than maybe in the last 17, you know, years that we've been busy in ministry. And I think it's because, um, one, you know, I'm actually looking at how can I do this for the long haul and how, how can I actually walk a lifestyle of, of being disciplined in, in rest. And, yeah, yeah, I think we, we're all on that journey, eh? 100%. 100%. Nobody, I mean, I, I love that. Megan, can, Megan, talk to us about that. Um, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but what are you, what, what are you thinking? I see the smile on your face. Um, I think that rest can be many things. Um, I think rest begins soul at the soul level. I think, I mean, 
where I've been for months now is Hebrews three, the Lord telling the Israelites, Hey, if you want to enter my rest, here's what you need to do. And here's what you need to do to enter the Lord's rest. Believe him. <laughs> and it begins at salvation, but then it continues on into believe him that he has good for you. Believe him that he is working out things that are wonderful for you. Believe that he is at work. Believe that even if you are in the wilderness, that the Lord has promises for you that, that continue outside of this wilderness. And what the Israelites did is they stopped believing the Lord. And therefore they weren't able to enter into his rest, which was their promised land, right? They left Israel for it, but we have promised lands too that we are looking towards, or some of us are like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be hoping in. I just don't know who I'm supposed to be hoping in, but that is where rest begins. And that's kind of where I've been hanging out is saying, okay, Lord, I want to enter into your rest. And so I believe you, I will not doubt you. I will not wrap myself up in a blanket of doubt and unbelief. I will wrap myself up in a blanket of belief that you are who you say you are. You are working all things together for the, for the good of those who love you and who are called according to your good purposes. Lord, I'm called according to your good purposes because Jesus Christ is my savior. So therefore you're working together. I believe you're working together good for me that falls in line with your glory and your honor. And there I am able to have the soul rest. And so, and I think that that's where my, for me, my exhaustion comes from is if I don't have rest in my soul, I don't have that peace in my soul, that belief in my soul, that ability to take a deep breath and say, okay, yep. what do I need to do to be okay? That's more than and just, a, that's more it, than it, just a good night's sleep. That's just, that's more than, yeah. 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 And so that's, that's where, again, I don't, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but no, that's great. where I'm at. This is great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Joe, you've, you've out of the, those of us in this, in this call have had the most years experience in ministry and life. That's not calling you out, but it's just saying it's true. You've had the most years of experience now, and there, the, this kind of self-care comes in seasons. There's highs and there's lows. There's moments of like, I'm at the bottom. And there's moments where you're at the top, where you feel like you're rested and you are in that moment. What would you say to somebody right now who's maybe listening or watching that's like in that low, that bottom season going, I don't even, I hear what you guys are saying, but like, I don't even know how to get to like, should I, is, is, is ministry for me? Cause I I'm, I'm so tired. I don't even know what to do right now. Like what, what would you say to that person? Yeah. Looking back at, you know, almost 40 years of worship leading in ministry for me. Um, you know, the thing I was as we've been listening to everybody thinking, what would I say to a young worship leader? And the thing that I would say is this stuff doesn't happen um, without uh, developing disciplines and skills, without having hard conversations. You have to read the book margins, and then you have to sit with your leaders and talk about, building margins into your life so that you live at a pace that is doable. But one of my people I worked for used to say, uh, Sundays come around with amazing regularity and they come every seven days. And very there aren't a lot of jobs where you have a major, major project that has to be completed 
a deadline every seven days and people are going to evaluate you and and review it and and then you got to turn around and do it again and the demands are never ending and i look back at my life and i go you know i knew this stuff that we're talking about and i've you know it was a popular thing to talk about let's do life at a at a good pace you know yep. kind of thing and i want to keep my heart tender and pliable before christ because ultimately what i'm there is not to sing songs i'm there to invite people into an encounter in the presence of jesus and i can't do that when i'm running at mach 10 and um and yet for all of the conversations you know it really took um discipline and hard conversations and and saying this is a skill just like uh learning to work out or taking dance lessons or something. This is a skill that has to be developed in my life or it won't happen. And when it doesn't happen, something begins to die in me and in my family, but most of all in my life with Christ that, um, that hurts the ministry that I'm trying to do. Um, one of my pastors that I worked for made the amazing statement at one point in front of our congregation the work i'm doing for god is killing the work of god in me Oof. and um you know and that's the danger we all run and that's why this topic is so important but it won't happen by thinking about it or having a quiet time tomorrow it happens by developing a discipline in your life where you walk at a pace and you walk with jesus deeply and authentically day after day for the long haul and you set margins and things we'll talk about i'm sure how to do yeah. all that but but that's what i would say is is take this seriously and look at it and what are the things that you need to put in place in your life to make it happen totally oh my gosh yes um i, I the word margin and the word boundaries always come to mind when you come through this come through this topic and through this kind of through this scenario going uh, it sounds like it sounds uh, it sounds maybe selfish to say that, but it's not. It's not a it's not a selfish place to go. Like boundaries are a good thing. Putting margin in your life is a good thing. We are only a certain level of human. Like you can't you can't. Everyone always like, you always hear that statement like you know give one hundred and ten percent. You're like you actually can't give one hundred and ten percent. You only give one hundred percent. But it's it's like you're running at that hundred percent level where it's like I can't. I mean, if you drove a car at a, at, at, and always had it pegged out, like it's gonna it's gonna blow eventually, and you can't uh, you can't do that. Um, Tim, question for you: You you wear multiple hats and um, you do different things. Uh, talk to us about like uh, the flow of your work week. Like, what what is what is a typical week look like like um, to you? Like, is it um, are you are you is there a time? Are you working? Are you is there a day you take off? Like, what is that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a, the multiple hat thing is the thing. So um, yeah, talk to us about yeah. that. Yeah, I think maybe just to to explain. Um, so my wife and I, we lead a church. Uh, I run a studio. Um, I'm, I work with Sounds of the Nations as well. Quite a, a lot of mission work. And, um, and yeah, I, I, you know, what I've, again, coming back to the whole discipline thing, I just want to just echo that, you know, like, I've had to learn to actually prioritize um, time for things, and I'm not normally that type of person. Like I'm, I love being spontaneous. I love, you know, just doing things as they come. But um, 
having to having to juggle these things i've i've actually started can you believe it i've even like put in time in my schedule to to be with my wife to be with my kids um and and it's literally in my diary you know yeah. and then i've got i've got time for my studies i've got time for preparation for church for 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 preaching and and it it it's something um again I've, you know discipline isn't something that comes i agree with that it doesn't come just naturally it doesn't just happen it it has to be formed you know so um i would say again maybe in the last 2 years it's been more prominent um that type of scheduling you know my wife is really good at scheduling so she's the scheduler but uh i've had to actually adopt a lot of her habits just to try and make sure that i i i have me time you know and i've got my time with the lord besides preparation for ministry um and i'll be honest with you jason i, I don't get this right every week like there are weeks when i can actually and and when it doesn't work i can feel it you know i think um i echo as well with that whole thing of rest um starting in the in the soul you know and in and so when i when i feel that uh, the, the my wife knows me so well the first thing she'll say to me is tom um have you been spending time worshiping you know with your guitar and it's it's funny like if i if i just sit with the guitar and start start worshiping while i'm you know in the studio alone it's like it just centers me again gets me back into alignment but um that's been kind of the you know the the, the discipline part that i've had to learn in the last two years particularly yeah yeah Yeah, I love I um I love that. The I I can echo that with the uh um uh, playing sitting down and playing finding that space to go uh I have at our studio I'll sit down on the piano and play just kind of sing loud when nobody's here which is my favorite part cuz I know nobody's yeah. going to not going to I'm not going to interrupt anybody uh and just um those moments are like life-giving and soul-giving. Um kind of collectively um, anybody can take this question uh what we talked about building boundaries and margins. I want to talk about that because I think it's a big it's it's a big deal. Like what what are some ways that you have set boundaries in your life or created margin um to make sure that you are uh becoming the better version of yourself? Well, okay, I can go. Oh, go ahead. No, Joe, you go first. Joe, well, Joe. just because we don't talk about it a lot, but um I used to have a leader that really pushed me to say what is your year need to look like it's one thing to say what is your week need to look like but also take a look at your whole year and say sure. when and where do you need to take breaks you know if you start off and come out of christmas you hit january but play out your year you know when are the times that you go i'm going to need a vacation right about here i'm going to need a break or for the sake of my family i'm going to but to but to plan the big picture of those things as well as some of the smaller picture stuff and um and then with that uh would also ask the question regularly and what when you get a break what refreshes you and what drains you you know mm -hmm. and what are the things i mean how do you use that time in a way to do something that actually breathes life and and newness into your spirit and uh not just uh perpetuates the tired but you can uh jump in on the um on the day-to-day -day stuff michael but um 
but I, I've always thought that, and that's always been a help to me to go, okay, I have a break coming and it's coming at right about the right time because I knew I would need it about here. And it takes some time to figure that out what the rhythm for your life should look like. But, um, but that was always helpful to me. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I'm really blessed by what each of you are sharing. I mean, so many good, good nuggets. I, like you, Tim, no, no kidding. Just, just in the last few hours, I, I, I set up a, a weekly appointment with, with both my daughters just to take them a coffee, yeah. just to say, Hey, let's go get a smoothie or coffee. Um, and I, I know some people that sound silly. Actually, what happens is that that guarantees it's going to happen. And so sometimes the most important things, you know, time with the spouse, time with the best, a good friend, time with one of your kids. Um, life goes by so fast. If you don't purposely set it in place, it just often doesn't happen. So I'm, I'm blessed by you saying that, uh, Tim, Megan, earlier, you, you opened talking about Hebrews. You know, I think one thing I, I gleaned from what you said is we have to believe what God says and we have to actually do it. Um, I've gone through a lot of my life and heard a lot of scripture and almost to the point where sometimes you become deaf to what you've heard so many times. You just don't hear it anymore. And I find that's, you really got to own that. Like I was looking at earlier, Matthew 11, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. That's Jesus speaking. And I've heard that. I can't tell you how many times, but the next part, I just don't really do very often. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Gosh, it's so rare that I felt rest in my soul. But what I recognize is I so rarely come up underneath the Lord's yoke and actually let myself rest. Mm -hmm. So there's so many things that I think, even in so far in this podcast, like, and you guys are saying such amazing things. Some of it's not rocket science. We just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, you know, Yeah, maybe that's something that can come out of this for those who are listening is this, friends, do it, do it. Take something, one little thing you've heard from us and just implement it and do it. I know one, uh, a phrase that probably we've all heard before, but um, I don't often apply is, you know, whatever you say yes to, you say no to many other things. I've, I've seen that's so true. And I've tried to personalize that at times when people ask, Michael, can we get together? You know, probably like each of you. I have people that would like to get, have me be a part of something seven days a week. And so I've had to visualize, okay, if I say yes to this awesome thing, people want me to come out and be a part of worship with them at this event and this thing on the Sunday afternoon. It's like, well, wait a second. Sunday afternoons when my family has our once a week big meal. Grandma and grandpa comes over, our friends mm. come over. So I can justify telling saying no to my family because it's ministry to go do this other thing yet it's ministry for me to pull away from all these other ministries and minister to my family and be there with them that's important and so i've tried to personalize it when people ask and i know it's pushed to say well what am i saying no to if i say yes to these people that are asking me and so i'm trying to learn to say no a lot more often than i used to because i think i've paid a price in days past that I don't want to pay anymore because I yep. want to invest in the right things. 
my wife is a homeschool teacher. And so she is with the kids all the time. And, uh, and so when at the end of the day, you know, I come home from work with, you know, I come home from work and you have the, the thoughts and the stress and the, like all the things from the day and you naturally like bring them into the house and you, uh, I would found myself like unloading on her. And, and then she looked at me one day and said, you're the only adult I've talked to today. And I went, ah, right. And so speaking of scheduling things, we now have a scheduled date night where it's, uh, it's like we set that up because it's like it's literally in our calendar. The kids go to their our church program every Wednesday night. And it's like, that's a thing. And people have asked us about Wednesday nights. And you're like, I'm, I will defend that at all costs. We have 90 minutes. <laughs> they are very important 90 minutes from drop off to pick up where we are, we have the, we have the kids and we can, we can do that because um, uh, I, and then in bringing home that stress, I actually bought a bicycle because it's a thing to ride my bike um, home from the office to and from my office and in and around. We kind of live in a place where the house, the bank, the coffee shop, the office, it's all within like a mile of its of itself. And so we uh, can just kind of ride my bike around in circles. And I have found that the separation from uh, like the getting on the bike and riding is a, is a chance to clear my head so that when I get home, I'm not, I'm not bringing those conversations into the house. Um, sometimes I have to lap the block an extra couple of times, but that's, but it's like, there are, it's a, it's a, it's a space where I can go, this is not, I'm going to bring, I'm going to, I'm going to clear my head. So when I walk in the front door, I'm present and not, uh, not distracted by the, the, the wear and tear of the day. So, yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk more about, about this. Um, uh, Darnisha, I have a question for you. Um, what, what are some, um, we're talking about boundaries and we're talking about building margin in your life. Like what are some ways that you have found uh, that that works for you to kind of have, uh, we're you know, taking care of ourselves and making sure that um, I, making sure that you're the best version of you like what, what are some ways that you have margin in your week? And, um, and we've also, I mean, we're very open here that like sometimes we don't. And so like, what, is, what does that look like for you? Cha, I am constantly trying to figure it out, but <laughs> it's just an ongoing process. But uh, thank you guys for letting me join you today. Um, actually, that's kind of what happened because uh, I plan to be here on time today. And uh, many of you, and some of you may know, uh, my husband has had some health issues uh, over these past few years. And so the boundaries of our life is very different um, when I am, if something happens, it's like, okay, this was on the schedule, but I have to be flexible. And that's a priority um, because our health is a priority. <laughs> and so um, making room for that kind of flexibility has been really important to me. And I'm so grateful to be able to work for ministry where that is understood and that's supported. Um, so that's one of the things is just having that honest upfront conversation saying, hey, this is the season of our life right now. We didn't see this coming, but this is what it is. And so we have to kind of navigate that. Um, I think when, when health is in check and everything's in balance, one of the things that Scott and I have done as a priority is 
trying to make sure that we have enough space in our week for us to really have significant uh, feeling like we're disconnecting from everybody else and everything else. Um, for a long, the longest time, our, our church had a Saturday service, which is wonderful. But when you're working Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, and I was, it just got to the point where it's like, I just, we can't, we just can't. So trying to figure out how to um, respectfully say, okay, for our family, we need portion of time. We need two days in a row that, that we know we can spend together because we don't have children. And so sometimes people can go, hey, you guys have all this free time. Yeah. But it's amazing how in relationship, it's just, you're just still busy. You still yep. have yeah. stuff you got to do. So in terms of our relationship, we've tried to find uh, the uh, a portion of time where it's like, we need this much time in order to really feel like it's not all about being at other people's beck and call. Um, and then on a personal personal level, mornings are, are my time where first thing in the morning I get up and I am just quiet. I have my quiet time, spend time with the Lord, drink my cup of coffee, you know, yeah. and my husband knows don't come in the room. She's, she's just doing <laughs> her time. <laughs> and I found without that time, I get a little loopy. I get a little like edgy. <laughs> so I try to make sure that I provide and take that time for myself. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we all um, have people that we work with and like volunteers or staff on our team or friends, connection points. Like what, um, like Megan, I have a question for, so can I take, head to you for a second. Like what, how do you instill this in your team? Like it's one, working on it for yourself, but have you, like, have you found good ways to like model this or include this, or is it even talked about on people that you, that you work with? Well, I think it's really funny that you asked me that. My friend said this one time, you know, the, the, the like, analogy of the spinning plates in the air you know that yeah. story like how they say i've got a lot of plates in the air it's not balls in there a lot of spinning plates or something like that she's like all my plates are on the ground and some of them are broken and, and she's like i just pick up the plate i need when it's when it's necessary and that's how i feel so i'm just like, i'm like i'm a mom of kid of young children and i lead worship and so I think that if I can keep my soul at rest, Michael, I think it's beautiful how you said after we come to Jesus when we're weary, take Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. And that is something that I have really been studying too. So I think it's really interesting that you say that because that means that Jesus, the oxen are next to each other. The lead oxen is not in the front. The lead oxen is next to the oxen that it's leading but the lead oxen leads. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm next to you. Take my yoke upon you because I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart towards you. And so he's saying, I'm in the field and there's work to be done. I'm not on the couch watching Netflix. The ox says not chilling in the barn when you're yoked up next to each other, you're in the field. And Jesus is saying, come to the field and take my yoke and I'm going to teach you and I'm going to disciple you and I'm going to grow you. 
but we're going to be together next to each other. And I think that like the only way that we can find that balance is being in tune with the Lord that much, being sensitive to his holy, to the Holy spirit in moment by moment. And that's where we're able to say, okay, I'm really sensing that the Lord is wanting me to make dates with my kids now. So we make dates with our kids, or I'm really sensing that the Lord's wanting me to call this volunteer right now. So we call that volunteer. And so it's really the, it's the obedience to the Holy Spirit who searches the heart of God and all of those things. And so I feel like, so do I have a structure for volunteers to create rest in their life? No, Joe is way better to ask this question. He's been doing this for so many years. <laughs> Don't ask me. Sure I'm just she's trying to come together and pick up my plates behind me to... and keep my own area clean <laughs> what i'm pretty sure she's just gonna hand, hand the baton over to joe and see it yes <laughs> yes but so do i have a structure no but do i care that they're taking care of their soul and they're not running their wheels ragged are they yoking themselves up to the lord and yep. saying okay lord i need you i think that that's the number one priority for them and for me Listen, I mean, there are days in the middle of the day where I'm like, guys, mommy needs five minutes to go spend time with Jesus because it will make me a better mommy to you for the rest of the day. <laughs> I need this. And trust me, you need this too. We all need this for me. <laughs> Drinking your coffee in the closet, just quietly. <laughs> Pulling the coffee in the Bible, shaking. The Bible. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, I need you. <laughs> Jesus, I'm yoking myself to you, Jesus. Please, I'm begging you. Mommy, now, so. not now, not now. <laughs> <laughs> My kids sticking their hands underneath the door. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. It's so. fine. Get a band-aid. <laughs> That's it. So we love anyway. our, we, we, we like kids here. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> I love them. So, I mean, pass, I passed the baton to Joe right now. So that's all I have to say. Yeah, Joe, take it, take it away. A couple thoughts, but, you know, I think one of the things, and, and you hear this from all time managers and people, but you know, put the things on your calendar that matter, figure out what you need and what matters to you. Family events, date night. I think a lot of us have talked about how incredibly important that is. Um, quiet time for me, I just go, man, if I don't start my day saying, God, I want to give you a chance before anything else happens to speak to my character, to my heart, to my life, to my about my family, my ministry, um, health, you know, just work time to work out, to go for a run or whatever that is for you. Um, I think in scheduling that stuff on your calendar and so that when somebody says, hey, can you do this? You go, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm already booked there. And you, and you mean it and, and it's true. Um, so I think scheduling things in that are crucial to us so that we live at a pace where we go, this is honoring to God, it's honoring to my family. I mean, we've all heard the phrase that, you know, not many people lay in their, their deathbed and wish they would have worked more hours, right. you, know, that, you know, but but at my age, I can definitely look back and go, wow, what were the seasons that I wish I would have slowed down, that I wish I wouldn't have missed the time with my kids, that I, you know, that my family had felt like they were as important to me or more more important to me than than all the ministry that needed to get done and uh and i think figuring out what your priorities are figuring out what i said before builds life into you what refreshes you and those kind of things 
And then just a quick word I'd throw in here would be, then we need to manage our teams the same way. Yeah. Um, uh, I walked up to a guy one time, I went to a bar to hear him play because I heard he was a Christian and he wasn't playing guitar and he was a great guitar player. So, and I walked up to him at a break and I said, uh, so, um, so I hear you're, uh, I hear you're a Christian and, and uh, you're a great guitar player. Are you using your gifts anywhere? And he said to me, he said, you know, no. He said, every church I've ever been a part of has used me up, beat me up, you know, killed my schedule and spit me out. And he said, I won't do it anymore. And I said, what if I said you could come be a part of our team and serve at a level that's healthy for you, that's life-giving to you, but you would know you're using your gifts for the kingdom and to serve Christ at a pace that works for you. And he looked straight me straight in the eye and said, I wouldn't believe you. Oh. And uh, eventually he started wow. and, and, um, and was a wonderful, wonderful part of our team. But, you know, I think of that with all of our team members and going, we have to make sure that, you know, when we get run in Mach 10, we start to expect that of other people and we don't lead our teammates in a way where we would say, I want you walking with Jesus. I want you healthy. If that means you play every six weeks or you sing, you know, once a month, that's great. What, yep. how, do, how do I lead you in a way that will nurture and support your health and your sanity, your family, and your walk with Christ? And that's when you're going to bring your best to the rest of our team. And I just think it's important that we take this partly for us and our families, but we also extend it to the ministries that we lead. I think sometimes we forget that they're volunteers. Right. And yeah, right. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's a thing. Like we go, no, I said be here. No, I said no. I this is a, you're playing. You're amazing. You're um, so true. Yeah, one of the things that I what I did when I was uh, on staff in my church um, was I I every month there was a fifth Sunday um, I led it acoustic. I said every, every so the four times a year, um, four times a year, uh, like I said, it was me on guitar. Nobody else showed up other than the sound guy. We had a later call time. Um, and you know, you walk in, plug in and go, and it gave the entire team, uh, like that's four, four Sundays a year, everybody had the Sunday off, um, and made it, made it a lot, a lot smoother of a, a lot easier of a, of a, of a scenario gave, gave me as a worship leader, an easier prep week. There's not a band to work, have to work with. There's not all the prep work that goes into that. It was me putting a set list together and rolling in on Sunday morning, um, to, to, to lead, and uh, it just made made life a lot easier on those on those fifth Sundays. You get four of them a year. It's like a gift. Um, but Michael, I know you uh, do. I'm going to say you do this well because I've been around your church and with your team members and uh, just finding ways. I mean, you're you're always pouring into them, and you're always you know you have obviously pre-COVID doing the workshops and um, training times and like trying to find ways to like instill that. What are some ways? Um, what are some things that you do? Because I know you're over several teams at different campuses and different leaders and such, because you've got the multi-site the multi thing going on. What are some ways that you um, kind of talk, walk, work this through with your team? Yeah, it's, well, thanks. Thank you, Jason, number one. Thanks for your kindness. Um, it's tough. I, I think it starts with our own awareness, like I think it's really good for us to have this conversation because if you normalize chaos in your own life, 
Mm. You don't always see it in others. You almost expect it. So in some ways, we have to take responsibility for the ecosystem we're in. And we, we have to set the tone. This is what I've been realizing. Um, I can't control in, in my church or in any of our, any of us, I, I can't control everybody else's lives. I can't control everybody else's department. I can't control how everybody does everything else and how they lead. But I can impact those that God has entrusted to me, mm-hmm. whatever realm of authority or supervision or mentorship that God's put in my life. I can um, impact that environment. So for us, I've, I've worked really hard with my teams to try and uh, model. This again, starts starts with us. I have to model. This is important to me to rest. And then I have to set the tone and be permissive for them. Um, I had a mentor years ago that was really good at, at you know, pretty much saying, fight for your team. Be the guy that, that goes the end of the day looks around pokes your head in people's offices and say hey go home go home you mm-hmm. put it in go home or hey don't stay late go home like i think it, it takes a, a long time to sow those seeds of rest and give permission within your your ecosystem to rest and then uh we need to rewire um, ourselves and rewire people by showing applause and props for taking rest so someone's like yeah i'm going on vacation instead of oh man Gosh, how are we going to get this done with you gone? You know, that happens a lot. Say, oh, way to go. Way to go. Where are you going to go? Oh, awesome. Make sure you rest. You need to rest. Please rest. Or when someone's maybe put it in and they've been killing it, give them an extra day off before they even ask for it. So it's like there's this there's multiple facets here um, to it. But what's worked for me is I, I have to model it. I need to impact my ecosystem so that uh, rest is valued, and uh, then again, be uh, um, proactive with permission, and to where people start going, it's good to rest, and I'm not, I'm not looked down upon. I'm not the weak one. I'm not the sad, sorry um, example. If I ask to take an afternoon off, or if I'm really tired, I just need to stay home. Um, that has to come from us. We have to set that tone, and I think we also, um, it's important to me to get with my key leaders and to ask them questions. I think it's good sometimes. I've even sent volunteers home. I've been in rehearsals many times and I just can, you can tell, you can tell someone's not doing well. And I just, you know, I pull someone aside. How are you doing, Bill? Oh, well, I had an argument with my wife and for rehearsal and I'll stop and say, Hey, Bill, I think you should go home, <laughs> go home. Yeah. Really? Like worship team's great, but it's not the cake. It's icing on the cake. The cakes, yeah. your walk with the Lord, you're, you're shepherding at home with your family, like lead worship at home. If you can't like lead worship at home before you ever lead worship in a corporate setting at the church, I feel like if anything else, that's like a foundational qualifier is, um, you know, and the Lord actually whispered that to my heart seasons ago. He's like, Michael, you want to lead worship in all these other places. Do you lead worship in your house? Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about grabbing a guitar, or getting on the piano. Mm-hmm talking about, um, you know, serving my wife, doing the dishes, um, complimenting my kids, um, building a Lego ship when I don't want to, and I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's leading worship at home. So sorry, that's a lot of different ways to answer what you're saying, but I think no, you're good. there's a lot of facets. There's a lot of dimensions and we have to develop eyes to even see because people are dying to be seen and we don't, because we're not good at taking time. We never stop to look. But there, people tend to wear 
some people fake it and they're good at it, but a lot of people wear how they're doing out in the open for people to see, almost wanting somebody to see that something's not right and, and they want permission to rest and go home. And I think God might be calling us. That might be a part of what a shepherd ministry looks like, shepherds of worship. You know? and Michael, you say so many things that are just always profound. I love listening to your input and your, your wisdom for all of us. But, and, and I just cheer you on in that, you know, and when we're getting, when we go too fast, that's when we don't see what's around us. One of my pastors used to call it skimming. When you're, you know, like a rock, you know, being skipped across the top of the water because we're going so fast and we never go deep. And um, because we're just going too fast. And part of this is another reason why we have to slow our lives down and, and walk in a in a way where our lives can go deeper, but where we can see the things and the people around us and, and not miss those moments. That's a great word, you guys. Mm. I was going to, can I add one thing? Yes, please. That? I think that when a volunteer or a staff member has to bow out because of something that has come up that is to their surprise, I find that one of the, one of the times that people are, are very ministered to is when we don't come across as disappointed in them mm-hmm. like they let us down because they couldn't be there because something happened that they didn't know even though they had committed to it and the the, the more i can communicate you're not you're not letting me down <laughs> you know yeah. you're not disappointing us I get it. Stuff happens and it's okay. I love you. You're still very much accepted. You're still, you still are a valuable part of the team and you're not a flake, you know, just because this happened. I find that people become so much, they soften and they, they feel like, okay, it's okay for me to uh, not have to push myself to, to a limit that I can't, I can't reach that expectation. So I'm not even going to try. So I think the more we can mm-hmm. communicate, you're not, you're not a disappointment when you can't, when you can't be there. I think it really ministers to people as well. 100%, 100%. As you, as we kind of wrap up today, uh, I want to know if you guys, some closing thoughts, like uh, Tim, what are some closing thoughts you might have to wrap, to wrap that up? Yeah, besides it's 10 to 12 at night here, so be with me, guys. <laughs> I'm still awake. I'm still awake. I'm angry. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, again, this is amazing. Uh, really, um, my heart, um, I'm an African. I have a heart for Africa. So, you know, my heart is really that um, we get to have worship leaders connecting like this globally. And I think a lot of what we're talking about um, it just relates across every nation, every culture, you know. Um, but I, I think the last thing I would just add to everything that has been, has been said, um, I think we set, we set the cultures by what we celebrate in life. Mm. Um, and, and I think with our teams, you know, um, if we just do exactly what we've been saying, celebrating people not for what they do, but for who they are, and um, and I think again, celebrating yourself. You know the fact that I'm before I'm a pastor, before I'm a worship leader, I, I am just a child of God. You know, and and I try to do that every day. You know, to tell myself, don't take yourself too serious, Tim. 
You 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 love by the Father, um, live as a child of God, and I think then everything else this kind of starts to make more sense in my life. But um, but yeah, Jason, this has been awesome, man. I, I really hope we can do more of this, and absolutely, I, I, I hope a lot more. Um, South African and African worship leaders can watch this and and learn from this as well. Somebody uh, on the Facebook chat said hello from Uganda earlier, mm. which was was really it was, was was cool to see, um, and uh, awesome. Uh, so this uh, one of the things that we're uh, I like to I like to do is when we're adding adding to the end of these conversations now. Let's talk about food. I know I'm going to change the subject dramatic, dramatically, <laughs> dramatically, dramat, dr, dr, dramatically, and, and and drastically turns into dramatically. Uh, so I one of the so the table is a podcast that we're doing, and um, a good conversation happens around the table, happens around food. So I'm going to ask everybody, and this is like this is like uh, this is like the speed round. So Michael, favorite, like if 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 uh, if I was coming over for dinner. What is what is the meal that you would make? Pizza, bro, all pizza, day, all every the time. Day. Pizza, you know. I, lo- yep. I'll, I'll, pizza. I love it. I love. What about you, Tim? What what, what what's that meal that's like? <laughs> this is what you do. This is what we do. Yeah, you know what? We love putting meat on fire, so we call it brying. You know, so I think you guys call it barbecue, but um, that's that would be the meal for you, Jason. <laughs> oh, that sounds fantastic. We love putting meat on fire. That just sounds like a great. I, I, I am all in. I'm whatever that. Yes. I am so into that right now. I'm that sounds amazing. Megan, what about you? What, what's what's that meal? What's that meal that you that you, that you make? Not in opposition to meat, but just without meat. Tofu tacos. I would make you tofu tacos, and they would be so good, and you would never know. You promise they're good. You promise that would be good. I'm just telling. Don't give me that face, Michael. Don't give me that face. No, 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 no. I don't know. We're gonna come over too. We're gonna miss Megan next time when she's not available for this podcast. No, (laughs) tofu tacos. Taste and see that the tacos are good. I don't know. Pioneer woman (laughs) recipe. It's so good. Don't even. Don't even come at me with that. I'm. I'm gonna believe you because we are uh, next, Joe. Oh, my wife makes great spare ribs and, oh. and uh, yeah, baked potatoes and spare ribs. Oh, yeah, but sounds... you don't have those often, but that's the way to go. That's so. the way to do it. Hey, let me throw, I want to throw in one uh, extra credit little thing back on topic. If okay. Sub, don't let me, this is our discussion over the dinner. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, I had a boss at, at Willow for a long time that, and she always said, if you go on vacation and you're an artist, you have to go for two weeks. Oh. Uh, she said, if you are a creative type, you're a musician, you're a, you know, a poet, an actor, you need a week to just slow down and get your RPMs. And then you need a week to restore creatively. And that advice has been so healthy for me uh, for decades. And uh, so I just want to throw it out to anybody that's out there that's working with artists and creative people where you have some say in their, in their vacation schedule. Um, and when somebody comes to you and your boss comes to you and says, you have to take two weeks, what a gift that is, you yeah. know, rather than telling <laughs> you to hurry up and get back to work. Anyway, so I just want, that was one thought I, want, I hadn't shared and I wanted to throw it out gonna- there. I'm going to tell my boss that uh, Joe said I could take two weeks off. That's what yeah, I, I do. Bless 100%. Me. Yes. Yeah. 
So Darnisha, what about you? What about what 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 do you serve? What do you serve on the table? Hey, Jason, here's the deal. You don't want me cooking. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more about the eating. I'm more about the eating. <laughs> so then is, is Scott the one making the dinner? He is. is. My okay. husband can cook. He owned his own oh, restaurant for a while. So my husband can cook. What, what, so what is Scott be, making for dinner? I know. Right? I don't know. I don't know. He he come up with something, but it wouldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> I asked this question on one of our on one of our podcast episodes, and the guy I asked said Uber Eats. Uber Eats was who we'd invite over for dinner. And I was like, oh, come on now. That's not a, that's not a thing. Come on. We're going to, but this is awesome guys. Hey, thanks so much everybody for tuning in today. Like we love this and uh, we will be back and uh, back next month uh, talking about a different topic. And, uh, and I also want to invite everybody to check out the podcast. It's called the table. Uh, it's on all streaming, major streaming platforms. Uh, check it out. It's conversations weekly and you'll get a, a different podcast and we and, and they, they go live on Wednesdays and um we'd love for you guys to check those out. Thank you guys so much and we will see you later. Hey guys thanks for checking this out today. Um I hope you were blessed by the conversation. I hope you uh were able to uh if you're driving pull over and take some notes if you're jogging stop jogging and take take some notes and just write some things down from uh this conversation today on self-care. Um, my goal is that you are able to uh, constantly be resourced and constantly know that you have someone in your court. So make sure you check out worshipleader.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at, at worshipleaderpodcast. You can follow us also at worshipleader. And you can follow me directly at, at Jason underscore Squires. Uh, we will see you guys next week for another episode of the podcast.